Ah, oh, for Christ's sake, Anakin! Hello and welcome to episode 45 of For Christ's Sake, Anakin. I'm your host, Matthew Neugebauer, coming to you live to air on this Friday, March 29th, 2019. It is the Friday after the third Sunday of Lent, if you're counting. We are back. Uh, sorry about a bit of the delay. Things happened on, you know, things came up. We got had a few funerals to had to be a part of and preaching and all that stuff that just happens in church life these days. Uh, today we are talking, diving into the uh, cardinal virtues of the original trilogy. Cardinal virtues in the original trilogy, I should say. Talking about New Hope. I watched it again last night with an eye towards uh, what I might say today. So, uh, yeah, we'll dive into that. Joined, as always, by R2-D2. Who, you know, the stalwart of the entire saga, and, of course, my ginormous Coruscant Guard Commando. No, not yet, it's not a Commando. Coruscant Guard Coffee Mug. Have another R2. Help me, Obi-Wan Kenobi. You're my only hope. That's going to come up later, I promise you, if I can, if I can remember. So... Before that, though, how am I Star Warsing? Um, I mean, I'm about uh, let's see, uh, eyeballing maybe four fifths of the way. Well, I guess yeah, I can do math. Four fifths of the way through Queen's Shadow, and I'll hopefully be able to comment more on that next time. The it, it, it's yeah, it's definitely a rich, interesting book, um, interesting storyline. It's not written in the same type of way as we think of one big thing specifically that Padme has to do. There is. There is the one big thing of integrating into the Senate and becoming a part of, of the Senate's life and function and, and able to use it and, and orient it to, to make change happen in the galaxy. Um, but it happens through this series of smaller events and... Uh, very much, and it, I wasn't expecting it. it. Goes into, I mean, the title could have given it away. Queen Shadow goes into the life of of her handmaidens as well. Handmaidens that continue with her into her life as a senator from from being queen. Um, Southern Ontario's Kate Johnston doing a great job of of writing, of setting things at the beginning that I'm I'm hoping will pay off at the end. Uh, Definitely, yeah. I it's is it a, a must read? It's definitely a must read for prequel prequelists. Must read for Padme fans. We'll see. It, it's it certainly is a must read for fans of the Clone Wars. I would say that it definitely sets up a lot of the relationships we see in, in, during the Clone Wars with, with Padme and and fellow senators. Um, but. Yeah, we'll, we'll see if it gets to any sort of big saga-defining significance. I don't know. Um, I'm enjoying it. I'm not saying you shouldn't. Definitely, I'm enjoying it. Definitely glad we're getting the Padme novel that we, we wanted and, and we hoped for. And uh, certainly showing yeah, her character. The most interesting part of this, I think, is... The relationship between Padme Neberi and Amidala <laughs> and what she has to put on is the public persona in the Senate and in and that comes from being queen, but also then behind the scenes when she's with 
her handmaidens when she's with uh, Mon Mothma and Bail Organa, how she is there, uh, that interaction between personal and professional is is a very rich fodder for storytelling that, that Kate Johnson is, so I'm sure Kate Johnson is making the most of, and I, I would definitely, I commend this book to you, especially if you're a fan of anything prequel. If you're a Padme fan and you haven't read this book, uh, yeah, go ahead. <laughs> Please do. So, let's tell them Star Warsing uh, Resistance wrapped up its uh, first season. I, I would highly commend, more than commend, it, it has become a must watch. If you watched Clone Wars for how it relates to the prequel trilogy, if you watched Rebels for how it relates to the original trilogy, Resistance has hit its mark when it comes to the sequel trilogy. It has given up, fleshed out the destruction of Hosnian Prime in a more human way. It shows us the rise of the First Order in a more human way. And that was that's kind of the point, is we have this character, Kaz, Kazuda Ziona, who we can, we can latch on to and say, oh, this is how it affects people on the ground. And uh, and that's been yeah an effective fodder for storytelling, but it's a way into the wider scale events of of the sequel trilogy. In a way, I mean, I've said this before: the the uh, the Force Awakens just didn't do well enough. People, everyone has said this: we don't know the stakes, we don't know the political stakes, we don't really know the personal stakes of the destruction of Hosnian Prime and the rise of the First Order uh, well enough in, in just what it's presented to us because they're focusing on Ray's story and, and I get that and doing the remix of A New Hope and I get that just to bring fans I don't know I, I don't want to dump on <laughs> Force Awakens too much I did that done that too many times but Resistance is, is probably going to actually make Force Awakens more enjoyable for me um, in the way that I think Clone Wars made the prequels more enjoyable for a lot of people. So, that time we get to sit with everything that's happening. So, uh, yeah, that's how I've been Star wars -ing. Star Wars Celebration, I mean, there's been no real news-ish. Um, there's kind of a, a Dooku audio novelization coming out. Uh, but... I mean, all the news is going to come out of Celebration, and that's just in, what, three weeks? Two weeks? Three weeks. And, and so, I won't be there, of course. I'll be here, but I'll, I'll do my time, my best to uh, follow the live stream. If there's, especially anything prequel noteworthy, um, they're going to do the Phantom Menace at 20 panel. I'll, I'll comment on that. Uh, keep, it in my, keep it in my zone, keep it in my lane, keep it in my niche. Um, but yeah, see what else comes out of that. Um, yeah, and uh, I mean, sure, there will be lots of lots of news. There'll be we'll get the episode nine trailer. We'll get the title. Then they're gonna they're pulling an Endgame is what they're doing, um, which is good. Yeah, like the way Avengers Endgame the titles are released with the, just with the trailer. I think that worked out well. We didn't really need much more than that. They're definitely hyping that up. Um, hyping up Endgame, and they're that's where they want to focus the energy on. 
I think I know the, the House of Mouse, especially now that Captain Marvel's come out and it's it's done its work. It was it was a pretty great movie. I liked it. Um, I think the score mostly worked. It was better the second time seeing the twists from from before they happened. Seeing these things. Uh, yeah, the song during the fight at the end, it wasn't mixed properly. It just wasn't, didn't have that oomph. I know what they were going for, but I think the, the voice, I don't know. That's the things that stand out with Captain Marvel. I really liked it. Um, on the fence about buying the Blu-ray. Definitely love the Carol, Carol, character of Carol Danvers. I was thinking of doing a bit of a review, but I realized, no, this is a Star Wars uh, <laughs> podcast. So, um, yeah, I guess that's all I can think of when it comes to news and Star Wars. And so, uh, I get a pop the, the R2 and get a swig of the coffee. Okay, so before I dive into A New Hope, I'm going to what are the cardinal virtues? So, in Advent two years ago, two Advents ago. Talk about the theological virtues in Star Wars: faith, hope, and charity. And virtue is—it's um, not simply what to do; it's why we do what to do. It's why, right? What are we? What's the the mode of acting rightly? And it's not—it's the opposite is vice, right? Vice is acting wrongly, but also the why. What's motivating that? What's behind that? What are we called to? In the theological virtues, Christians believe God are, God has called all of us to faith and trust in who God is, hoping what God is bringing about, and the love that God shows us, and therefore the love we're to show each other, and the what God is faith in what God is doing in other people, and bring us together. What you know, the the cardinal virtues within that then are it's it's a Christian version of just going back to Aristotle and uh, and the, that Greek philosophical tradition that said uh, the habits that we form, I mean habits exist for a good reason, and we form habits of acting rightly in these certain ways, in certain patterns and motivations. Christians believe that those things are defined by faith, hope, and charity. But within that, we have uh, prudence, which is also called wisdom. <laughs> and this is from the Wikipedia page. Just a very quick overview. Prudence, the ability to discern the appropriate course of action to be taken in a given situation at the appropriate time. Courage, fortitude, forbearance, strength, endurance, the ability to confront fear, uncertainty, and intimidation. Temperance, and this is, we say, you know, patience is a virtue. This is where it is. <laughs> um, so there's restraint, the practice of self-control, abstention, discretion, moderation. Um, yeah, and, and, and patience, the ability to, to wait and to know when the right time is to act and the most important one 
justice, fairness. Uh, the Greek is also righteousness. That one, it almost hits at the theological virtues, and we sometimes even confuse justice with charity. Justice is essential for charity because it's about treating other people rightly and fairly. Um, you know, Jesus saying, love your neighbor as yourself. Well, the, the, the law, you know, Deuteronomy, saying love your neighbor as yourself. Uh, do to others as you would have them do to you. That's justice for the sake of uh, facilitating love. And so they are closely linked, and that's why justice is considered so important because it's also essential for the flourishing of society. I mean, they all are to some extent, but justice most of all. So that's the quick and dirty Wikipedia, literally the Wikipedia page, on what cardinal virtues are. They're called cardinal, um, in, in, going back to the Wikipedia page. So cardo in Latin means a hinge, the thing a door swings on. And so they're regarded as the basic virtues. So if you hinge, if you're you're hinging towards the cardinal virtues, then you're hinging towards, leaning towards a virtuous life, a, a good life, a life well lived. If you're hinging away from them, then you're turning away into vices. Um, and so they are... Yeah, I mean, we can, you know, they're, they're essential for living well. They're essential, all of them together. And this is the point. And they, they are, and Christians believe they're pulled together under faith, hope, and charity. Is what pulls them together. I mean, we all are strong in one of the four, or two of the four, or whatever, some combination. Uh, if, we're, if we're, hopefully, ideally. Um, but. The, the the saints the the ideal is to to exhibit all four and I'll get to that <laughs> at the end so I'll start with courage uh, fortitude because watching the movie last night I realized that's actually really the main theme of, of a new hope and yeah I mean the word is hope in that and and reading it as watching it as a sequel to the prequel trilogy, we need a new hope, and that is Luke, to, uh, <laughs> you know, uh, well, hope Luke to spark the rebellion. Luke displays courage, but not necessarily <laughs> uh, patience or prudence, and that's that's the point. That's part of his development. But he demonstrates a lot of courage, right? He and he's motivated to look to the stars and. The, the twin sons vision uh, when he's on the on the outcrop there and the twin sons he wants to go off and and join the water galaxy but he's still confronting the fact that he doesn't know he doesn't know what's out there he's <laughs> kind of a he's a bit of a brat a little bit of a no not a bit he's very naive naive the naive farm boy and uh, you know, and he has the voice of his uncle <clears throat> ingrained into him. Even even if he chafes at it, or you know, I, I reflecting on how when Obi Wan or when Kenobi says, 
you must go to I must you must learn the ways of the forest or go to Alderaan. Even then he immediately says, I can't go to Alderaan. My uncle will will I'm in for it as it is. My uncle will will kill me, basically. He already has that and so he has to push against that already if he's gonna take Kenobi's offer seriously. Goes sees Owen and Baru they're they're charred the skeletons. And he has a choice there. He could be full of rage and fear and just cower because this is what the Empire can do, is capable of. But then we hear John Williams, it's the force theme with the strings underlying it, and that's the moment of decision. No, I'm going to go. Like, same with Ray when the lightsaber comes to her. And the force awakens. Great film. <laughs> That's the decision I'm going to go. And he swept up into this this world, this universe, this galaxy that's bigger than himself. And he isn't necessarily the center of it. He has to accept that. But he does step out. Right? He lead, he's, going, he's in the bowels of the Death Star and uh, leads the effort to rescue the princess. And Bring well, he starts to lead it. Brings the plans back to, or to bring the plans back to Rebel Command. Um, he is the last <laughs> fighter because everyone else in Golden Rogue Squadrons in the Battle of the Avon has been incapacitated. He's it. He's up. He he he's flown before. He knows what he's doing, but this is his first combat. And he goes in and turns off his targeting computer and uses the Force, this thing that he just learned about. He's known his whole life, in a way. That takes a tremendous courage to step out into the unknown. To say, step out into the unknown and take the action that is called upon. Not for his own gain or well, probably a bit of gain and glory, but to be part of this bigger thing, this rebellion. The rebellion itself showing courage in taking action against the Empire. Han, uh, when I thought of courage, it's <laughs> going to the, uh, you know, when the <laughs> that scene where he's there in the hallways of the Death Star and he's running towards one stormtroopers and running another stormtroopers. That's a lot of courage, and a lot of courage to, uh, I mean, of course, come back and uh, you know risk Jabba getting him even more. Han shows a lot of courage. Yeah, you know, Kenobi. Yeah, he clearly is you know, stepping up, but he's been there before. Leia is the most courageous of them all. She, um, her planet has just been destroyed. And people have made, made a lot of this. Luke doesn't even seem to care or notice. She has this really intense pastoral role in caring for Luke and in shouldering the burdens of her people. She, um, you know, <laughs> the sum rescue the title into the garbage chute flyboy 
she takes charge. She takes the leadership role in, in the escape from the Death Star and finds a way through into the garbage chute. Doesn't matter. Uh, she, you know, is, I mean, she isn't the, the lead of the Rebel Alliance, but uh, her parents, you know, again, her planet, but also her parents have just been killed. She's it when it comes to the Alderanian <coughs> uh, contribution to the Alliance with, again, that tragedy and that shock and that trauma still in her and she's carrying it. But she has a choice. Is she going to wallow in fear or is she going to continue to act in the way for that's best for everyone? I do wonder... I forgot to mention the comics before. In the comics, she's taking... She's in the middle of this revenge uh, mission. And I, I do wonder if, if that's partly her way of processing this now. I mean, I don't know. We don't, the comics timeline is, is tricky how many years, but... Um, yeah, she's showing a lot of courage, and hopefully we see her processing, taking the courage to process that courage. We see it... In the, in the Leia comic where she's gathering the remnants of Alderaan and uh, trying to reform some sort of Alderaanian society without a planet. <laughs> uh, all this tremendous courage in the face of overwhelming evil. So that's courage. Oh yeah, R2, courageous little droid, getting in, into the mess, just going for it. Okay. Prudence, wisdom, and it's, it's funny, the line we remember most about Kenobi is, who is more foolish, the fool or the fool who follows him. And Han is always saying, this old fossil, this fool... Han wants to go in, guns a-blazing. Very courageous of him. Kenobi is... You can't win. But there are, are alternatives to fighting. Every step of the way, he has the wisdom to know and the sensitivity to the Force. To know, okay, let's actually stick with Han and Chewie even though they're asking for an exorbitant price. Right? He knows now is the time to give Luke the lightsaber. Even before the Empire has found the homestead. And Luke really doesn't have much of a choice. And now is the time to tell him at least the certain point of view about who his father really was. And what the Force is. And um, knowing... Yeah, now it's the time that he's been waiting for. Kenobi's been sitting there for 18 years. We don't know what he's been doing, 18, 19 years. Waiting for Luke to, the right moment for Luke to step into his destiny. That takes a lot of prudence, a lot of sensitivity, a lot of wisdom. Uh, and then when they get to... Uh, 
And, you know, the, and they know that when, when Alderaan, when he senses Alderaan is being destroyed, he knows to continue Luke's training. Another moment of, okay, there's this tragedy, but we have a task at hand. When they get to the Death Star, he knows that the best thing is to sneak off and sneak around and they're the subtle ways and again he's been there before he's been in this situation before <laughs> subtle ways of sneaking around the mouse to the elephant and it takes prudence to know that it takes this prudence and wisdom to know that the mouse can just be as effective in destabilizing the elephant as another elephant can be <laughs> right there's the I don't know, the, the cheater or the element of the Rebel Alliance at the end, but his main goal is launching Luke into his destiny. And so sneaking around to, to take out the, uh, the, tractor, the tractor beam. Um, and then that final confrontation with Vader, toying with him. We, we see... With them all, you know, they're, they're almost toying with each other because they don't know each other's capabilities. Well, everyone knows Vader's capabilities. Vader just doesn't. Vader's, oh, I, you know, I, um, <laughs> you know, a weak old man. Your powers are weak old man. Well, not really, as we see with Maul. It's just you know, an incredible wisdom shows in that confrontation at the end of Rebels. Uh, waits for Luke to be able to see this happen. To see that if we want to struck down, he'll be with him forever. Right? In there at the right moment, calling to him, use the force. Run, Luke, run, use the force. The wisdom gained over the years. There, there's a bit of prudence and or patience and temperance there, but I'll get to that in a bit. Prudence, Leia is chock full of prudence. <laughs> she, uh, again, she's been trained her whole life to take the lead, to know what the task is at hand, and again, go back to, into the garbage chute, flyboy. The wisdom to know that the, the the best way isn't always through, but around. Right? Just like we see in The Last Jedi, you know, the best thing to do sometimes is to retreat and fall back and to huddle in order to regroup. She already knew that when she was 19. <laughs> she knew to go into the garbage chute. Didn't necessarily know what was going to be down there, but better than flying out. But better than trying to fight their way out through the main door where lots of stormtroopers were. Um, again, the wisdom to know uh, what Luke needs to hear. Even what Han needs to hear and to brush him off sometimes. Uh, the wisdom to know uh, just how important 
the you know and and the, the, the willingness to spread the courage but also the willingness to risk what she did yeah you know, with uh you know taking the plans to start plans and we see that in rogue one on display at the end but also just in staring down tarkin was there takes that takes some temperance and fortitude too but nerves of steel um, building the coalition uh, of, of this rebellion yeah she it's a depth of, of uh, uncommon was for her age is a part of it and we look down on her because she's so young and a petite woman she has the capabilities of a leader right there okay Temperance, patience, restraint. Like I said, with with Tarkin, with Luke, with with all of these people, she still like, keeps her cool, keeps her calm, keeps her center. Even as Alderaan is threatened, she still doesn't say Yavin. She says Dantooine. That. that that I mean, that's also prudence wisdom but also but it's takes this awareness to not be given not give in to the rush of emotions that any of us would face at that moment and fear this would face at that moment um, the patience to know if they just stick with the plan get the plans to the to the rebel command they'll find a weakness that patience Calm, temperance. My next two examples of temperance and justice are complicated. <laughs> um, I was surprised, almost surprised, at just how calm and in control Vader is throughout this. He, he'll only be in there for a short time. Um, but we don't see the brutality that we see at the beginning of Rogue One. I mean, yeah, we see with, with uh, Admiral Mahdi, I find your lack of faith disturbing. It's, he's a theological virtue of faith, right? <laughs> but he, he releases him when Tarkin says, you know, okay, Vader, release him. He's in a rush because of how urgent the situation is. But it's never, again, in contrast to how many bodies of admirals are on the on the deck in Empire Strikes Back and Return of the Jedi, because he's lost that patience and lost that temperance. Whereas here, he's focused on the job. He's focused on finding the plans. It isn't so personal as it is when he knows his son's involved. And that is what sets him off. <laughs> the, that cold, calm, I mean, it, it is what's scary about him, but he's just so down to business. It's what the emperor is such a fan of. And the emperor, of course, the ultimate model of patience in uh, 
bring his plan to fruition. Um, the Death Star finally being built, right? Finally, the right time to dissolve the Senate. We don't actually see the Emperor, of course, but... Um, Yeah, and of course, Kenobi, Cobra Prudence, Prudence, knowing in temperance, patience, restraint, knowing the right time to act and when not to act. Um, he's been out there for 19 years, um, doing the one thing that, that he, fulfilling his duty as a Jedi. Which before was to go on mission, fun missions with Qui-Gon. And then to fight in this war. Now it's to sit and watch and protect Luke. Um, the patience again to know, to delay that duel with Vader until Luke can see it. And to know not that the, his aim isn't to try and kill Vader. But to join the force. That patience. Tarkin does not show prudence. But he does show patience. Again, this is a nice contrast. This is a very fascinating contrast that brought up with Krennic, who is always, fire, fire! And, and Tarkin's like, you may fire when ready. <laughs> Whatever the accent is. Again, that calm, professional understanding of the, the task at hand. Takes half an hour for the Death Star to get into range. That must have been... Uh, a lot of anticipation, you know, doesn't show prudence when they evacuate it on a moment of triumph. He's overconfident. But he's patient. He can wait. He's a very skilled general. So yeah, and I mentioned how Leia shows, shows patience <clears throat> with everybody around. Justice. This is the most difficult one. And it actually is an example of how justice can be very deeply limited if it's justice alone. The Empire believes that they're being just by destroying Alderaan. They do. It's it's there's no way around that. It's Alderaan in their view is a hotbed of sedition and terrorism and their the human toll that they've exacted through their acts of terror this is the empire's propaganda but but also probably some people really believe that the instability and insecurity that they 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 can potentially bring to a galaxy of anarchy without the empire without the order and security of the empire The example that 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 they can uh, that their destruction brings by uh, the by, by uh, of the order. Let me rephrase that. The example that it shows that the empire can bring their order and security at will. They believe that they've eliminated a threat to that. Because for the Empire, that order and security is justice. It is, everyone's going to be equally under the foot, <laughs> so equally safe. 
one is going to be the same and homogenized and therefore equally the same, equally safe. So that, that's a good example of the limits of justice, right? Justice for its own sake can devolve into tyranny because it can be so distorted and misconstrued, right? Or it can lead us to this complicated calculation of violence with the rebellion. Right? Use in bello, the just war theory that I've talked about before. We cheer for the good guys here, but there, I mean, people have talked about it. there. There are a lot of people who were killed on the Death Star. Lost Stars goes into that. But the potential for injustice that the Death Star represents, just like the Empire thought Alderaan represents the potential for injustice. Well, the Death Star definitely represents the potential for injustice. Justice, in a way, can be seen as righting wrongs and stopping, restraining the, those who, who threaten justice. The rebellion shows that by stepping up and, uh, and destroying the Death Star and eliminating Tarkin. The problem is that it isn't charity. It isn't love in the same way. It can be hope. Right. The Death Star is also a threat to hope. And so therefore, justice has been served. And I bring that up because we know what social justice is. And we, we, we've gone a lot of that. And, and we see that later with the, it's the Alliance to Restore the Republic. And so the Republic founded on, uh, you know, see what, what Padme and Bail Organa and, and Mon Mothma have sought to do to, to, to their, their development initiatives and, you know, the interspecies equality and that social justice, that reciprocal justice that uh, the, the New Republic seeks to bring. That that's made somewhat possible, made possible by the elimination of the Death Star. But my unease there is the myth of redemptive violence, and how you know we need you know, we need to uh, justify. We can only justify acts of violence as justice if it facilitates hope and charity. So that's the complicated thing. Leia treats everyone fairly. She treats everyone they're due because Tarkin she can say Tarkin she kind of tries to bring him down a notch. Han she kind of brings him down a notch. Luke she lifts up her fellow you know the the members of the Alliance she she lifts up and carries She's trying to build a new society, a new kingdom, if I can use that term, of justice and peace. She stays out of the fighting a little bit. I mean, she gets into it a bit, but she isn't up there commanding squadrons. She has 
this vision, her Emma Mothma, have this vision rooted in Alderaan and Chandrila of what a just society looks like. So Leia shows justice. All right, conclusion. So it should be clear by now that I think the best character in this, the most virtuous character, is Leia Organa. Luke is, of course, the main character of this film, and given as a prequelist, even as a an Anakinist, I'm not denying that Anakin is buried deep within Vader right at this point. Um, Luke is the main character because it's the arc of him going from courage, learning prudence, learning patience, learning, uh, learning justice. At the end, at the end of Return of the Jedi. That's his arc in the original trilogy. Leia is the model, is the leader. Um, her arc is at least is more isn't a matter of becoming but revealing throughout the original trilogy. Her arc is about showing us the human side of leadership. And we see her humanity more and more throughout as this goes on. But she knows, go into the garbage chute, flyboy. Someone's got to save our skins. <laughs> and who better than her? So it's a bit of a, a tribute to Leia Organa, but also an example of why it's, it's so necessary to cultivate all four of these virtues and why she's a tremendous example, not just to young girls, but to everyone seeing these films. So that has been episode 45 of For Christ's Sake, Anakin, uh, Cardinal Virtues in A New Hope. Um, if you like this podcast, if you weren't too crazy about it, you can let me know on Twitter at NUG485 and uh, request a follow on Instagram at MNUG1138. See you hopefully in a few weeks. Thanks for listening. May the force be with you always.